Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. We're all facing new challenges, and if you want someone to talk shop with that sat in your chair, I've got you. If you want to become a legendary leader for the team you lead, hit me up and hit me up soon. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we've got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high growth sales leaders share high growth practices and tactics. Today, I have one of those very special guests that I am extremely excited to bring to you. This is someone I've been so excited to have join me on the show. I have been chasing him for quite a while now. I am pumped to introduce Tim Kite, founder and CEO of Focus 3. Now, Tim has been a lifelong student of elite performance and helps organizations of all kinds set new standards and achieve meaningful goals. And when I say set new standards, we're not talking about the people who have sucked forever. We're talking about market leaders that go up three and four levels at a time. His journey started as a college track athlete at UCLA, where he witnessed John Wooden's basketball teams win their ninth and 10th championships. This created this passion. It lit a fire in Tim to discover and know and own what it is that distinguishes elite performers from those that are just average. And he's been pursuing this answer ever since. This is why I had to have him, because as a listener of our show, we're the ones that are looking to find next level and become legendary leaders. And Tim is our person to help us with that today. He works with organizations around the world, creating intentionally high performing teams. Now I was first introduced to Tim by my coach, John Madsen. And as I listened to Tim share his formulas for success and some awesome stories relating to sports teams, sales teams, other business teams around the world, I just knew he had to come talk to you guys. And when you hear what Tim has to say about leaders and the impact each one of you can have, you're going to know why I needed him on the show. And you're going to reach out to me and say, thanks for having him on today. So get ready. Get your seatbelt on. This is going to be one of those conversations you will not forget. We're in for a special treat as Tim shares with you how a sales leader can do things with your team that will make you legendary. Tim, welcome to the show. And thank you so much for joining us. Rob, thanks for that introduction. I'm super excited to be with you and all of your listeners today. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited. I, that, you know, I've, I've had John Madsen on the show and, and uh, our listeners like that. But, you know, when I got to listen to you, Tim, it was a difference maker. I burned up a lot of note pages. I laid awake at night thinking about the things you said. I was, I was like, why didn't I know about this guy so much earlier in my career? I could have been so much better if I'd you know, been introduced to you earlier. So thank you. Why don't, why don't you start by introducing who you are and what Focus 3 is and what you do for your customers? Yeah, I mean, we're the company Focus 3, I started it in San Diego many years ago. I've been at this for over three decades. And uh, it's, I've got to share that I'm, I'm as excited today about what I do every day as I was back when I'm in my late 20s. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about the mission. The three in our name, uh, Rob, re- refers to leadership, culture, behavior. Those are the three deliverables that we have tools uh, for. And so we help leaders go to the next level. We help cultures go to the next level. We help people's co- uh, competitive behavior go to the next level. And that is what we do every single day with our clients uh, all over the country, all over the world. I... As much as I'm excited to dive into leadership, culture, and behavior, the best thing you've said so far, Tim, is that you are as excited and passionate today as you were when you started this in your late 20s. Mm-hmm. That speaks volumes to me because uh, very few people can say that, I think. Well, here's, here's why. I'm going to give you a little bit of the why of that my, my energy every day kind of increases is that having done this for as long as I have to as many organ- with as many organizations as I have, I've learned something. And so we call it the performance pathway. It's this, that leaders create the culture that drives the behavior that produces results. 
and I'm, let me say it again just to make sure people yeah, get say it. Say that again. That's yeah, I mean, and please feel free to write this down, everybody. Leaders create the culture that drives the behavior that produces results. Now, here's why that's so important and why we've built our company around this and why you know, we're doing so much work with so many organizations and why I'm enthusiastic and energetic. The number one performance issue facing organizations today isn't strategy or technology or operational excellence or finance. It's behavior. Wow. Strategy is important, obviously. And, you know, finance and technology and operational efficiency, those things are really, really important. I'm not diminishing the importance of those things. But all of those drivers of a business require disciplined behavior in order to be successful. And so here's the question I like to ask people. What if you have an A-plus strategy and B-minus behavior? What kind of results do you get? And the answer is something less than what you want. Same thing with a process. You know, in the sales world, if you have a, if you have a world-class sales process with B-minus behavior, you're not going to achieve your goals. That's right. And so what, what I've found is, and I don't know why we're in 2020, we're on the cusp of 2021, and, and organizations, sales organizations included, aren't committing themselves to behavior skill training. That's the thing I don't understand. Now, now it, it's, you know, it's what we do. So I, but, but I mean, I'm, we, we, do, we, we support Lean Six Sigma. We support organizational change. We support customer service. We support sales. We support all these drivers. And in every single instance, Rob, the, the, usually the reason there's a performance gap is it's, it's leadership, culture, behavior are the three reasons why. So that's why it. I'm energetic every single day. So I, I'm so excited. I just want to dive in, but I, I just owe it to our, te- to our listeners for me to ask one more question before we do. Um, can you just kind of share a tiny bit about how you got so committed to this journey of developing elite performers? What was it that attracted you to it? What is it that keeps you there? Uh, I would love just to hear a little bit about that because I think our listeners will, will really find this interesting. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the short story uh, of the long journey, yeah. I started as a collegiate athlete. I actually started at Ohio State, then I transferred to UCLA. I had the opportunity to see uh, a lot of high performers. I myself was a high school national champion in my track event, so I had experienced that. What was your event? Uh, 330 intermediate hurdles. I was a sprinter wow. hurdler. Yeah. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That's a long, long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> so so I, I, I was competing at very high levels. And, and then I began this, this, ask this question, what differentiates the elite from not just the average, and you kind of alluded to it, what distinguishes the elite from even the good, right? right. I mean, what is it that makes right. a difference? And not just individually, and this is what Coach Wooden at UCLA but group in a team perspective, how do leaders and coaches create an environment that brings out the elite in people? And, and so I began to study and research that. And I coached high school football and track in Los Angeles after graduation at UCLA, went on to Princeton for grad school. I did some more grad work in Europe, more grad work in the United States and came back and started my company in San Diego. Now, when I started the consulting firm, I was one of those boutique generalists. And that was, I did, you know, strategy and team building and process improvement and um, all kinds of things like that. But what started to become evident to me was that when a a company or a project or a team or a division was successful, it was because of a strong and effective leader who built a great culture that generated the right kind of behavioral standards. And I said, that's, it started to become true every place I was going. And I recognized that, you know what, other people take care of strategy. Other people take care of process improvement. Other people take care of, you know, the, the technology and that kind of stuff. I saw a real gap in providing simple, practical, effective systems for building better leaders, building better culture, building better behavior. And, and, and the one that leapt out at me, the one that really became evident was this behavioral piece. And that was there just didn't seem to be a deliverable in the business performance marketplace to help people behave better, whatever the domain, whether they're customer facing or their internal operations, whether it's sales service, whatever it would be. And so I began to research and I developed the E plus R equals O R factor system to help behavioral skills go to the next level. And, and I that, cannot that, wait that, to talk that's about the background. that, man. All right. So let's get after this. You used, you used a few words that we're going to get after. I'm going to set the agenda for our conversation and our listeners know that, I, uh, I, I easily get uh, distracted because I'm going to be, I'm such a, I love what you're talking about. 
I want to talk about systems. I want to talk about your E plus R equals O. There's some other things like that. I, don't, I want to finish with mindset and behaviors, what you started with. I think it'll be a great way. So let's start with that. Uh, you mentioned the development of leadership systems. You talked about that's what you wanted to help people with. I, I'd love to get your take on that. I, I, I believe that sales organizations build sales systems and we invest a lot in tools and training for sales systems. But my experience, and I work with some of the, the biggest research firms, Tim, 98% of the modern sales teams have a sales system, but only 3% of those modern teams have an actual leadership system. Okay. Can you talk about leadership systems and why they matter and, and just your thoughts on that? Maybe we can start talking about how our listeners might start piecing together some elements of systems. Okay. Well, let, let's first of all talk a little bit about how important and why leadership is as important as it is. Here's, this, here's a statement that's really, really key, and that is your team will perform to the level of leadership that you provide. That a, that a team will never outperform its leadership. And that's just, that's just a fact in business and in athletics. And if you want your team to get better, you have to lead better. And I've, I've seen a lot of leaders ask for behavior in their teams that they themselves don't, don't, don't practice. And that's a, that's a recipe for resentment and resistance. And, you know, I, 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 so I, I deeply understand the role of leadership. The thing that I've, I've talked about a great deal is that, that, and these are quotes of mine that are out there in the, you know, in the um, social media world. And we put an Urban's book above the line, which is where we, we, that's the story, by the way, of the Ohio State National Championship in 2014. And if your listeners want a great read about what these kinds of systems look like in a competitive environment, Above the Line by Urban Meyer would be that book. That's a, that's a tremendous read. And it's not about football. It's about leadership, culture, and behavior. So here's what I know. I know that average leaders have quotes, good leaders have plans, elite leaders have a system. Boom. Say yeah. that again, Tim. That's awesome. Sure. Say that one again. Right. So, so average leaders have quotes. Good leaders have plans. Elite leaders have a system. So let's talk about that. What makes a system help? So a, can you define yeah. what a system is? Right. It's not, it's not complex. A system is an integrated collection of components that are all necessary for that organization or thing to be successful. It's an integrated uh, collection of components or elements whereby that thing has to be successful. For, for, we just flew from Columbus to Charlotte. I'm in Charlotte for my, my one-year-old granddaughter's birthday this weekend. And, and Congratulations. We, thank you. We've got four grandkids, and this is our second to the youngest, and she turns one tomorrow, so we're pretty, pretty jazzed. So we flew down here on an airplane. An airplane is a system, meaning that there are component parts that have to work together to make that airplane uh, safe and effective and be able to go from point A to point B in a safe fashion. And so um, we, we, we rented a car and we drove down here and our car is an integrated collection of components that must work together to, to produce, you know, safe transportation on the ground. Leadership is the exact same way. And that is there are, there are critical elements of leadership that must be present and acting together in an integrated fashion for a leader to be successful. Two ways you can fail as a leader or two ways you can underperform as a leader. Number one, have something missing. Well, one, don't have a system. That, that would be a problem. Yeah. Number two, have something missing from your system. That would be called deficiency. Or something's present in your leadership system, but you're not doing it very well. That's called a defect. So the question becomes then, and, and by the way, the world runs on systems. Yes. Biological systems, you know, weather systems, physical systems, the, the world runs, it's physics, it's non-negotiable physics of how anything performs. So the great question I've always asked myself, what, and here are my criteria for a great performance system. It has to be clear, simple, and actionable. That's my criteria. I don't work with complex systems because people don't do, I've, I've seen a lot of leadership training inside big companies that's way too complex. It has to be clear, which means easy to understand. And by the way, I'm assuming accuracy, Rob. So it, it, it's accurate for sure, but it's gotta be clear. It's gotta be simple, which means not overly complex and it's gotta be actionable. So what I did many years ago is I went out and asked myself, I studied the top 100 leadership development programs in the world. 
Wow. I studied the consultancies, I studied academia, and I studied corporate universities, okay. which all teach leadership. Yep. And, and I asked the question, what do they all have in common? What is it that they teach that I could put into a clear, simple, actionable system that anyone could use in a business environment? And what was the answer? I found two fundamental priorities that are present in every leadership system. Two okay. things a leader has to do. Number one, he or she must build trust. That's number one. Okay. The second thing, you have to achieve results. And I found those are the two fundamental priorities of elite leadership, that elite leaders are exceptionally good at building trust, the relationship side, and they're exceptionally good at achieving results, and that's the performance side, that leadership is about people and performance. And check this out. Notice how they fit together. Trust without results, unacceptable. Yes. Results without trust, unsustainable. Yeah, that's when you get turnover, right? Yep. Either of so those. So then, then the question became, okay, then what's the simple system for trust building? And then what's the simple system for, for achieving results in leadership? And I found three pillars for trust, and here's what they are. And the, the okay. fundamental principle is trust is earned through your behavior, not granted by your title. That okay. leadership isn't authority based on a position you have. It's trust and influence that you've earned through your behavior. And the behavior is in three categories. That over time, you behave in these three pillars to earn trust. And they are character, competence, and connection. Character is ethical trust. Competence is technical trust. And connection is personal trust. And Rob, as a side, as a side note, Every salesperson must master those three pillars to win a sale. You, yes. must, you must demonstrate character to the prospect. You must demonstrate competence to the prospect. You must demonstrate connection with the prospect. You must be ethical, technical, and relational, personal, or you're not going to win the sale. That, does that resonate, Rob? Dude, people that follow our show, we have people that have listened to every single show. I get emails all the time, Rob, I binge listen to the show. No one has shut me up like you just did. I'm shutting up and I'm writing stuff down, Tim. You're taking me to school right now, man. This is awesome. It does totally make sense. Character, competence, connection. I love it. Yeah. yeah, So so, so those are three pillars for trust. Now, same thing. Three pillars for getting results. And we're talking leadership. And this is what leaders do. Here are the three pillars if you want to get results. Again, assuming you've built a foundation of trust. Here's what elite leaders do to achieve elite results. Clarity accountability, support. Clarity, you're exceptionally clear on expectations, exceptionally clear on goals and objectives, exceptionally clear on strategy and action plans, and exceptionally clear on cultural standards. Not normal clarity, elite levels of clarity. Because What's the difference? Are, what does that mean when you say elite levels of clarity? How do you know? That, you know? That's a really interesting. I love how you emphasize that, Tim. You underscore it. You put it in bold. It's a bigger type font. Mm-hmm. You, like, you got animated when you said it. You're like, not yeah. normal. So what does it mean to be elite clarity? I, can you help me make sure I have a definition yeah. of that? Because it's not what you say. It's what people hear and understand and act on. Mm, yes. I and, like that. And, and, so, and it works two ways. So it, look at notice, remember when I said system, Rob, I use the word integrated. Yes. That means every part of the system affects the rest of the system. That no part is. So, for example, uh, I've given you six pillars now, three for trust, three for results yep. in leadership. Yep. And again, character, competence, connection for trust, clarity, accountability, and support for results. Now, and this is why leadership is difficult. L- listen carefully to this one. Strengthen one of those will not compensate for weakness in another one. Mm. It's a system. <clears throat> and and as, your, as your listeners write down those three pillars for trust and three pillars for results or the six total, it'd be really interesting to ask yourself, could I take one of those out and still be an elite leader? Like as, as one of those expendable when it comes to leading at the highest possible level? Could I, could I be a great leader if I don't hold people accountable? Could I be a great leader if I don't support my team? Am I a great leader if I've got everything but competence? Every single one of those six elements is integral to what we call leadership. So, Tim, I'm interrupting you because I have to now because I'm a sports guy, too. I'm, in fact, I'm a baseball guy. And uh, 
you know, a good baseball hitter, if you go three for six in a, in a, in a couple of games, mm-hmm. you're doing really well, right? Yeah, and, and, if, and if you're a salesperson that can win three out of six pursuits, you have a pretty good win rate. But yeah. as a leader, you can't go even five for six. You got to yeah. go six for six on this. Am I hearing you right? Correct. But, but, but getting there is a journey. It's not an event. You don't, you don't get there because you read a book. You don't get there because you listen to a podcast. You don't get there because you went through one training workshop. You get there because you do the work. Boom. We, we, we say this all the time. And this is, a, this, is a, this is my heartbeat. Becoming a great leader is a deep inner journey. And you can't dabble. And this is my greatest fear in leadership development today is people. And I, again, quotes, plans, systems. I mean, I, I love quotes. Quotes are awesome. I'm, people quote me all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm the king of power statements. But you're not great because you, you take a Tim Kite power statement and put it on a, on a your lobby in a, in a screen or something, or you quote it. You're great because you take that statement, you understand the physics of it, and you integrate it into your life. You become good and then great and then elite at executing that particular standard. So I, it's, it's really important when it comes to leadership development that you have a simple system and you do the work to build your competency. You build your ability in those six pillars. And it's a journey. It's about progress, not perfection. So, we don't look for perfection. We look for progress. All right. So I like this. You've just given us six mileposts in this leadership journey. You know, and, 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 and they're, you know, we're on trust and performance. And we could, this is really good. And I like how you talk about being a journey um, especially I'm into this, do the work there's, I think that the reason that only 3% of firms of sales teams actually have a leadership system, the same ones that have a sales system. So they know you need a system for sales, but the leadership side is conspicuously missing, Tim. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Rob, I, what, what, to, to, again, I just taking what yeah. you just said and, and, and I think this is helpful when we do our, by the way, we call that lead now. That's what we call that system is the, those, those six pillars, trust and results. I like it. But we, when we train leaders in the lead now system, one of the action items is you take out the lead now model. And by the way, it looks like an hourglass triad of okay. trust in the bottom and a triad of results on top. Okay. Every Monday morning, you, you establish what I call a leadership agenda. What is my plan to intentionally lead this week? Who do I need to build trust with and what's my action plan? Who do I need to get results with and what's my action plan? Who needs clarification? Who needs accountability? Who needs support? And who do I need to connect with? And there's a plan. So everything that we teach and lead now is no theory, all action. What do you do? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Leadership needs to be an action sport, right? It's Mm -hmm. not a spectator sport. Mm -hmm. And that's what spoke to me as I listened to you. I think the reason why, again, in the sales world, I'll share a stat with you that our listeners know that you may already be familiar with, but tenure, the average tenure for a VP of sales has been shrinking. You know, Hmm. just eight years ago, it was 27 months. Right now it's 18. Okay. Why is that? Why is that? Because of what you're talking about, that trust and results. It's got to have both. And so you're allowed to have one bad year, but not two. Right now, uh, right now, less than 50% of salespeople are hitting goal. The 80-20 rule is alive and well. Uh, companies are looking for growth. And, you know, we still don't have a system to lead people. It's sometimes just pressure. It's like, go get them. We turn into cheerleaders, right? It's, it's got to be more than just motivating. We have, to, we have to find ways to intentionally lead. And so we're in an epidemic. I, I call it the sales leadership crisis. It's alive and well right now. And with the advent of COVID hitting us, that's why what you bring to the table is so important. We need more systems. And your system is as good as one I've ever seen ever. So I want to dive into it. So that hourglass is awesome. I I could stay on this, but because I know we're going to run out of time, I want to shift to another part of your system that you introduced me to that I've mentioned in social media. I've mentioned, I always give credit to you with my private Patreon community. Can you talk about your, your, your formula, your success formula? Because I believe that that starts to give you North Star and, and ability to have impact with your, your reps. And, and I don't even want to screw it up and not do it justice. You have this formula that, that changed my world and the way I looked at it. Would you share that with us? Yeah, it's called the R factor. And it's based on a simple behavioral system 
E plus R equals O. Can you say it one more time so people can write that down? Yep. It's a, it's a simple behavioral system. E plus R equals O. And that stands for event plus response equals outcome. And in, 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 in systems language, what E plus R equals O, it's a focusing system. It's something that keeps us focused on what we actually control. And we don't control the events of life or sales. We do control how we choose to respond. And it's our response that produces the outcome. And E plus R equals O is, and don't, don't be fooled by the apparent simplicity of it. The, 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 the efficacy, the impact of, of ERO is that it applies to literally everything. When we do R factor training, one of the first things people do after applying it to their business life, they share it with their families. And I started it on my family. I started with my personal life. Uh, our listeners don't know I've, I've, I've uh, been working through some own things. I'm doing Jepson 2.0. I'm doing the, mm-hmm. the software term, uh, Tim. I'm doing Jepson 2.0. And the Re-invent, reason that, baby. Re-invent. yeah, when, when John had me listen to you, I was like, that's it, man. And I'm going to let you talk about events and responses and outcomes. But that, I started on the personal side, but I immediately saw the importance of it on the business side. Yeah. Um, because sales leaders, they are hit with events. They get quota. Sales leaders are hit with events. They get COVID. Sales leaders are hit with events. I got cut new, new competitors. I have competitors doing goofy things, trying to buy the business and do, you know, there's all these events that come flying mm-hmm. at you. Yep. And, and so this is one of the reasons systems become so important. I'm going to shut up again because what you got to say, everybody needs to hear, man. Yeah, I mean, you, you've tapped into why E plus R equals O is so effective. It's how life works. And our job is to get good at it, right? So- Events come at us, and what we have to understand is events influence us, and we can influence events, but we do not control them. And our power resides in how we manage the R. Now, I've said this to a lot of salespeople over the years, and this is an interesting thing, and I've really been saying it in the last, because we're doing a ton of Zoom training, obviously, right now. Um, and, and it's this. Your competitors are getting the same events you are. Whoever manages the R factor best wins. When you think about that, you, you, are, you are competing on how you respond to events, circumstances, and situations. And COVID and all of the changes that are radically uh, affecting us because of COVID are an opportunity for you as a sales professional to differentiate yourself. And don't, don't do the normal thing. And, and, and most people, and by the way, we talk about two ways to manage your R factor, discipline or default. We draw a line. Above the line is discipline behavior. Below the line is default. And discipline responses are intentional, purposeful, and skillful. Default responses are impulsive, on autopilot, and resistant. And right now, every salesperson, every sales leader in the world, is, their R factor is being challenged by the events of COVID and, and the other collateral stuff that comes from it. And if you respond to the events of COVID with discipline, which means intention, purpose, and skill, you're going to win. If you react on the basis of default, which is impulse autopilot resistance, you're going to lose. So everyone's R factor is being tested right now. Circumstances don't make or break you. They reveal you. Yeah. What I love is I'm writing it down. Discipline is greater than default. Saying it to, like to my language, I love what you said next. Choices, making choices are greater than impulses. Yeah. And, uh, and you're right, because if you're going to lead someone, you've got to be able to get away from just fight or flight. Because as humans, yeah. that's, our, that's, our, that's our default wiring that we have. We either, we either fight or we run. And I love what you're saying. Well, let's, let's decide. Let's choose. Let's take that out and let's be in charge. By the way, there's a third on that. It's fight, flight, or freeze. There's three ways to, okay. to react poorly. Is, is fight is in, in, in a negative way. You negative fight, negative flight, and freeze sometimes. Um, but you know, you and I were talking before the podcast, before we, we started recording about this thing that we call BCD. Yeah. Let's talk and about it, that. Let's get yeah, into that. That's, a, that's important. It's the ultimate default trap is BCD and BCD stands for blame, complain, defend that when things don't go the way we want, the default reaction, the default trap people tend to fall into is blame other people, complain about things and defend self BCD. So how does, a leader, how does a leader help a rep with BCD? I, I know. Listen, I've led thousands of sales leaders. I've led thousands of salespeople. Like, 
Tim, this, this is something that I'm pushing pause and I just interrupted you. So forgive me. That's right. This is a big one, brother. This is a really big one because too many times, because the, the reason this is such a great fit for sales, every single sales leader, when they wake up in the morning, you know, you might take your shower, you do what your morning routine is. But when you're like, for me, my career, one of my first thoughts was quota. Where am I relative to quota? It's mm-hmm. something that's there. And if you don't hit quota, very few people look in the mirror. Most want to look out the window and give excuses. And when COVID hit, we got the world's greatest excuse. But yeah. here's what I've seen, Tim. The great ones are still finding ways to win. Correct. So can you that talk is- a little bit about BCD and, and how does a leader help someone you know, overcome that? Well, E plus R equals O is the most effective leadership coaching framework a system out there, in my opinion, because every situation that people on your team face, there's, a, there's an event element, there's an outcome element, and there's a response element. And so a leader who's an elite coach, who's an elite leader, helps people navigate the events that they're experiencing to choose the responses that produce the best possible outcomes. So ERO is a fantastic coaching system in and of itself. Yeah. Now, when someone is BCD, and here's what's happening. An E has happened. They chose an ineffective or default R. They get an outcome they didn't want or didn't achieve the outcome they did want, and now they're bcd about it, which means this. Rather than improving the R, they're blaming the E. That's what BCD is. ERO is fantastic. If you're not getting the outcome you want, choose a better R. Don't blame the E. Because everybody, everybody's facing E's that are correct. similar. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, Exactly. And, and so what, what, what a great leader does is a great leader steps back and asks the person, all right, let's look at the E that you have, look at the R that you chose, look at the outcome that got produced, and let's focus all your energy only in a place where you can have an impact and control, and it's your response. BCD about the E literally is a waste of time and energy because you can't control the E. So all the energy goes into understanding the event, Clarifying what responses get the outcomes that you want and which ones don't. Avoid the ones that don't. Invest the ones that do and go. Now, sometimes the necessary R is uncomfortable and something I'm not good at. Mm. And it's the leader's job to coach me. We call it embrace productive discomfort. You know, if you want, you want the great things in life, you got to do the hard things. If you want to be great, elite at selling, embrace productive discomfort and do the hard things. I like that. And you have the hard thing conversation in relation to the O, not in relation to the E, right? You're yeah, we're, we're real big on, on make your R factor strategic. Manage your R with the O in mind and then navigate events along the way. Yeah. So the O is what you want. The R is the work you have to do to go get it. And the E represents events and situations. The E is the playing field. It's a competitive environment. And, and, and you get, and by the way, you get three kinds of events, helpful events, neutral events, and painful events. Those are the three kind of E's you get. It's funny that you say that. Like, uh, I, I'm going to kind of give an editorial eyes on this one. So I remember when I watched the first, uh, there's only been one, I watched the presidential debate, okay? And, uh, and I violated one of my rules. I, I try and stay away from national news because I just think that it screws up mindset. And uh, when I watched that, I had one thought, Tim, as I watched the two candidates after, after watching them have a fight with each other, basically, I thought there are going to be a ton of people who are right now letting this event of a presidential election cycle uh, be an E that screws up a lot of R's and a lot of O's because they're going to be distracted. Mm-hmm. They're going to be angry. They're going to be pointing to things. And I thought of you, I remember listening to you talk. I said, I am going to do everything I have to do to make sure this event of this election cycle is a neutral. I'm not going to worry about who wins or loses. I'm not going to have it be a positive or negative. I'm going to make this one a neutral and I'm going to let everybody else get distracted. It ain't going to be me, man. Yep. Yep. Yeah. What a leader does uh, to your point is helps people redirect from BCD into solutions that, that our factor people are solution oriented, not complaining or blaming oriented. Yeah. Now, the fact of the matter is, is there's, there's always problems out there. There's, and if you're in the sales game, you're, you're, you're a problem solver. If you're, in, if you're, if you're yeah. great at sales, you're great at problem solving. That's right. So you'll, you'll find that, that the, the highest performing sales leaders and the highest performing sales people do not waste time on BCD. You, you and I did something interesting, by the way, before the podcast, as I showed you how to monetize the cost of BCD inside a sales team. And yeah, let's, just, let's, re, let's do that conversation. Let's do that again. 
Yeah, let's make it real, real simple. And let's yeah. say you have 500 people on your sales team. Yep. And ask the question, how many hours a week do they engage in BCD? And to the, you said in today's COVID world, it's probably 10 hours per week. So if you get 50 people times 10 hours, that's 5,000 hours, right? Yeah. yeah. And then so what's the average hourly wage that somebody, that people pay? And, and who, who knows? I mean, it's Who knows? Keep it simple, though. Do it with, like yeah. you said, 50 bucks. Let's call it like a factor yeah, of zero, so, so it's so, easy math. So if the average hourly wage is 50 bucks times 5,000 hours, you're talking $250,000 a week are going to BCD in this sales team. And that's 250000 a week. That means the monthly cost is $1 million, which means the annual cost in this sales team is $12 million. BCD is not an idea. It's a behavior that has a real monetary impact. Yeah. And that's, by the way, that's $12 million that could be redirected into solutions, performance, uh, prospecting, overcoming it's, objections, closing. It's not soft dollars, Tim. Those are it's hard not dollars. Soft, those are hard yeah. dollars. Those and are by hard the dollars. way, by the way, the numbers at a minimum twice that on a 500-person team. That's just the amount of money a company is paying somebody to engage in non-productive activity. So if you redirect from BCD, which is the leader's job, is to redirect people from BCD into solutions, redirect from BCD into performance, not only do you get that, you know, that, that money back per hour, then, then, that, then you get an ROI on that money, right? You're getting, you're getting a return on that investment. So I'm telling you that $12 million, Rob, is, is 25 million bucks in terms of swinging yeah. one way or the other, negative or positive. It's, so a, real, want, it's, real, real, it's a real dollar figure. So I want to shift slightly. You've introduced ERO, you've introduced BCD, you've introduced systems. One of the things people really like about our show is we don't do pigeon management. We don't fly over it, take a crap on it and fly away, right? Yeah. We always like to say, here's a couple of things you can do. Uh, thinking of, cause I want to finish with the mindset stuff that you and I've talked about. I, I want to finish with that, especially as it relates to behavior. And we're down to our, our last 10 minutes or so. And so before we get to that, can we, can you just give the leaders that are listening right now, if you want to build a system, if you want to have ERO be part of what you are, if you want to avoid BCD, do you have like two or three tactics, two or three things that you could suggest you ought to start doing this right now and, yeah, and yeah. to help you become that kind of a leader, intentional leader? Sure. So there are six R-factor disciplines. So when we say E plus R equals O, we don't just introduce ERO and say, be disciplined, don't be default. We teach okay. the tactics of how to be discipline driven. And there are six of them. Okay. And here are the six R-factor disciplines that allow you to respond to stuff with intention and purpose. And here are they are in order. I'll just give them to you real quick and yeah. you can double click on whichever one you want. Number one is press pause. Before you respond, press pause, gain clarity, get off autopilot. That's number one. And quick little footnote on that. The whole purpose of pause is clarity because clarity of vision drives quality of response. And it's ironic, Rob, pressing pause slows down default and speeds up discipline. People who learn the press pause discipline act faster with better decision because your first reaction is rarely your best response. It's one of so the pause, three, three Fs, right? Fight, fight, or freeze. Yeah, so there, you're right. yeah, it keeps you away from that. So number yeah. two is get your mind right. And that's the mindset piece. So press pause is number one. Get your mind right is number two. And that is know how to put yourself into a productive mental state, how to get out of a non-productive and into a productive mental state. That's a skill. That's a discipline. Manage your emotions. Don't let your emotions manage you. That's what, how to create the mindset you need for the situation that you're in. How, how to be mentally tough is what that's about. And we teach how yep. to do that. Number okay. three is step up. And that means do what needs to be done. We call it win the moment. The, the ironic thing is, or the interesting thing, the only time available to you to do the work and respond to your outcomes is the moment you're in right now. The past is gone. It's unavailable to you. The future's not here yet. It's unavailable to you. So win the moment, win the moment that you're in life is, a, you know, a sales process is moment by moment, win the moments in the process. You don't win the sales process. You win the moments in the process. Yes. Love it. Okay. Number, love four, it. number four, adjust and adapt, get really good at change, be flexible, evolve. So if, if, if uh, step up is about execution, it just adapts about evolution. Evolve. Don't, don't be the same person you were today that you were yesterday. But, but get better. And, and COVID has put tremendous pressure on adjust and adapt. Okay? So yeah. be really, really good at change. Yeah. Number five is make a difference. And this is interesting in the sales world. 
your R is an E for others. It is. Your R is deeply personal and never private. Mm. And, and elite salespeople understand how their attitude and behavior and words affect the people around them. And the three ways that you make a difference is managing your attitude, manage your action, manage your words. Because attitude is felt, action is seen, and words are heard. And that's those, those three ways you, you deliver an experience. And then the sixth R factor discipline is build skill. Because all of this, again, is competency development. All of this is skill. This is not magic. It's mechanics. So you master the mechanics. And the question I ask people all the time is this. What plan do you have? What system do you have to build the skills that you need for the life that you want? And, and, and the other piece to this is, and I love this, and we can't get into it, is grow beyond your talent. Don't let talent be a limiter. It's really interesting. Talent is a gift. Getting better is a choice. Will you say that one more time? You are the king of power statements, but I don't want yeah. that just to be a power statement. Say that one more time. And, it's, and it, there's a ton of neuroscience behind this too. Talent is a gift. Getting better is a choice. That at birth, everyone was given a certain level of talent. No one got everything or all of it. And no one had any say in how much or how little talent they got. You have all the say in how hard you work to build skill. And we know this from neuroscience. Everyone is capable. Well, listen carefully to this. Everyone is capable of building skill they don't have talent for. So to all the sales leaders listening to this, every person on your sales team is capable of building skill that they don't have talent for. That's a, that's a neuroscience fact. Mm. It is your job as a leader to create the environment, the culture that helps make that happen. Dude, that is a mic drop right there. We got just a couple more minutes, a little bit of time, and I want to finish with this thing that's a great way to start. It's a great segue. <clears throat> Talent is a gift, but being better, getting better is a choice. I, yep. I've never heard it said like that. That's so insightful, and it finishes a great way to wrap this conversation, you know, around your mindset because you're making choices rather than just being victims to events that happen. Yeah. Okay. Can you just give a few thoughts for our leaders around mindset and, you know, managing? And one of the things I wrote down before we started was that you've made, you've made it about managing how you feel rather than letting how you feel manage you. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Maybe just how leaders can not just do that for themselves, but help yep. their reps do it, right? You got to have that mindset as a leader, but as a leader, don't you also have to help develop that mindset in your reps? Absolutely. So everything that we teach, there's a leadership version and then there's a sales person version, right? And everything yeah. we, that we were sharing today, uh, there's the leader has to do it herself or himself first, and then you have to coach and teach it into your organization and in your sales team. So mindset is really all about R2, get your mind right. And we teach the mindset cycle. Here's what the human brain, the human mind does in terms of what a mindset is. And I'm just, I'll give it to you and view it as a, as a cycle that goes from the top and goes, you know, clockwise around a circle. Focus, self-talk, feeling, action. That's the mindset cycle. Focus, self-talk, feeling, action. Focus is what you choose to give your attention to. Self-talk, obviously, is the stories you're telling yourself. Feeling is the emotional and physical energy you feel as a result of your focus and your self-talk. And then action is what you do as a result of what your emotions try to get you to do. So... Uh, Rob, here's an interesting thing. I don't know if you know this or not. Emotions respond to visual and verbal. Did not know so, that. Yeah. So mindset management is, is manage your visuals and your verbals. So manage what you give your attention to and manage how you talk to yourself. That's how the elite people develop an elite mindset. They manage what they focus on, give their attention to, and they manage how they talk to themselves. If you focus on the negative and you talk to yourself negative, you will feel negative. Yeah. Irrespective of the circumstance. So you can experience a genuinely frightening event and have a productive, positive focus, productive, positive self-talk to generate courage to navigate the event or not. And so what, and this is what we teach. We teach people how to manage the mindset cycle to put themselves into an emotional state that empowers the action that they need to take. And do not let the mindset cycle run on default. Manage it with discipline. And that's what I mean by don't allow your emotions to manage you. Rather, 
manage your emotions. Notice, I did not say ignore your emotions. I didn't right. say repress your emotions. Right. It's all about focusing and harnessing your emotions to work for you rather than against you. And that's what the elite salespeople do. They're elite at that. And elite sales leaders teach and coach that. Tim, you're like the world's, you're, you're the world's greatest uh, movie trailer because you have <laughs> given every, you've given me like 10 topics that we could do a show just on that and still not be enough. You have like completely blown my mind again because I want to dive into so many things with you, man. But uh, I know your time's valuable. And we try to, you know, the show's got to be, got to stay to this timetable. That's a great way to talk about mindset. That mindset cycle, I'm telling you, that's a game changer. That's something people it can is. act on right away. That's, that's genius. So I, I usually finish with three rapid fire questions. We've kind of touched on them. I don't want to do that. I think you're, this is a, such a good interview, not interview, conversation. I, I'm going to modify a little bit. If you were to say there's one challenge facing sales leaders that trumps all else, what do you think the number one challenge a sales leader needs to be working on right now? Now, I, I think it has to be, I'm, I'm going to make it a two-parter if I can, one yeah, A, of one B. Um, is number one, build an elite culture for your team. Mm. Build an elite culture for your team. That, that, and, and when we say build culture, I'm talking about beliefs and behaviors, very specific. Not platitudes, but build an elite culture because culture is what reinforces and drives behavior. And culture is what leads when no one's watching. Ooh. And you know what? Too many people think culture is something that's up on the wall, right? No. I, no. I, I see those in every company I go to. I, I'm like you. I, I used to speak at tons of events, and I used to go on site to people all the time. Now it's all Zoom, right? But um, Hey, but Rob, yeah. the, 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 here's, I'll simplify that. The culture journey has three steps. Paper, head, heart. Nice. First, it's on paper. You write it down, which isn't that hard to do, and it's not the culture then. Number two, people get in their heads. It's, con- it's a concept. And then it go- when it gets from the head to the heart is when it really takes effect. That's when it has a- an impact on performance. And, that- and the distance from head to heart is the most difficult one. That's the okay. most challenging one. Uh, by the way, the word core from core values, is la- core is Latin for heart. And most companies, most companies don't have core values. They got poster values. It's not on human hearts. <laughs> up on a wall. That's the problem. Tim, you're my kind of guy, man. You are my kind of guy. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You, you mentioned you mentioned Urban Meyer's book, uh, Above the Line. I, yeah. I hope that people wrote that down. Uh, I, I often ask people if there's a book they recommend. Is that the one you would have recommended, or is there another one you would recommend? Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend that book, and I'd also recommend Mike Abrashoff's book, It's Your Ship. Okay. Uh, Mike Abrashoff was a was – a, uh, he commanded the USS Benfold, and wow. it went from the worst to the best ship in the Navy based on the wow. way he led. And if you, if you go back to those, those six pillars, he, Mike didn't go through this training. I actually met Mike. We co-spoke at a number of events and I just, and, and I, and I picked up the book and read it. It's a great book. It's the story of the, what we're talking about on this, on this, this uh, podcast. It, it, Mike did it. I mean, he did it on a ship uh, and, and you see the impact and he built relationships and trust. He focused on results. He did all six pillars, whether he knew it or not, that's what he was doing. And it's a great case study of the kind of leadership systems that we're talking about here. So um, I would encourage people. And so above the line that coach Meyer wrote, and we helped him write that book. And then uh, it's your ship by Mike Abershoff. And we blew through this time, Tim. I, I, it went faster than I thought. I, I knew it was going to go fast. It always goes fast because we've had great guests, but I'm so intrigued. You, you are unlike anyone I've ever met as it relates to this. So thank well, you for being on to come share it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. This is this has been. You're right. It went fast, didn't it? It went really fast. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. We went so fast. There's going to be a lot of people that want to continue the conversation. There's going to be a yeah. lot of people that want to learn more what you have to offer. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to say, "Yes, what you have, I need." How do people learn more about you? How do people sure. connect with you? How do people continue the conversation? Yep, um, I'm on social media um, a lot, and I, I I use social media as a way to you feed are. people. Yeah. I just I want I want to produce. Uh, lots of positive, productive, helpful content. So Twitter, and it's at Timothy Kite, K-I-G-H-T is Twitter, at Timothy Kite. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Timothy Kite also. Our website is focus3.com, and that's the, the number three, focus3.com. And people can email me directly, Rob, and my email, pretty simple, tim at focus3.com. Okay. And, um, 
there's and then and then we do I do a thing called two minutes with TK. Nice. And I do a podcast with Urban Meyer. So our podcast is called the Focus Free Podcast. I've listened to it. It's a great podcast for our listeners. I, sorry, I just interrupted you. I'm going to shut up. I'm endorsing you right now. Awesome. Listen to that show, uh, listeners. Add it to your bag of tricks. It is a killer one. I, I was like, after I heard you the first time, and I was like, I got to get everything I can get about you, Tim. Yep. I went and I, I started binge listening to you, man. Cool, cool. The, uh, the other thing that I do, and we've kind of fallen off this year a little bit on it just because of COVID and other things going on, but I, but I published something called Two Minutes with TK. So a, a weekly video that's no longer than two minutes long. And that's on YouTube. So you can go to YouTube and subscribe to Two Minutes with TK. And we're going to get back to that here um, at the end of 2020 and really hit it hard again in 2021. So we, people have really appreciated that very brief weekly, you know, 120 seconds or less little video burst on stuff like this. So that's how people can reach us. Okay, Tim. Listen, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as, as I did. Uh, this is someone who understands what systems are. And so Tim Kite helps leaders around the world become elite leaders by building systems that work. And, and the reason that you need to go follow up with this and check it out is his definition of a system is something that's simple, something that's clear, something that's actionable. He is not going to put gum and monkey wrenches into your systems. He's going to optimize them and make you have discipline be greater than default with not just you, but with every member of your team. So Tim, thank you for joining us and go be legendary, brother. Amen. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you having me on. Hey everyone, welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. I am convinced that 2021 will be the year of the coach. The year where the sales leader creates the biggest competitive advantage for the organizations they lead. And as you prepare for 2021, I want to help. Do you have sales leadership systems in place? Are your sales leaders ready for what 2021 will bring? Are you? And if you want to take things up a level, hit me up. I am helping in a lot of ways from doing virtual sales academies, sales kickoffs and revenue kickoffs. But what I'm especially excited about is helping build these new sales leadership and coaching systems and then providing the one-on-one coaching to sales leaders to help them execute at an elite level. My program helps in three different ways. We'll help with mindset, skill set, and performance. And there are a lot of ways that we can help you. As you prepare for what will most certainly be a new environment in 2021, Every single sales leader is going to have to make changes, and that's where I'm here to help. I don't care if it's just joining my Patreon group, Sales Leadership United. You should check that out. Might be providing fast-track training for new managers, something that we can press 18 months down to three months. Or, my favorite, developing a new leadership system or even providing custom executive coaching. I want to help you create as much impact as possible with the people you lead. If you want to be legendary, let's talk. Because how you lead matters, and I can help you navigate that sales leadership maze. Now, I hope you love this conversation with Tim. I burned up a notepad, and I have not stopped thinking about it ever since. His approach to leadership is something I buy into, and I'm telling you, every single one of us will benefit from it, even if it's only for E plus R equals O and BCD. Tim shared the importance of systems. I buy into Stephen Adams' quote, the uh, the creator of the comic Dilbert, when he said, losers have goals and winners have systems. Not many sales leaders have leadership systems. We just work hard. There's tons of systems that will comprise your leadership system, and they're all tied together. If you start thinking about it, it gets big fast. Training systems, coaching systems, insight systems, commitment systems, follow-up systems, accountability systems, uh, so many more. There's so many of them. And I love that Tim points out that systems should not be complex. So if you're a little intimidated by all these systems, don't be. They should be simple. You need to make sure that you're getting better at just a few things on a regular basis because he identified the common thread between all successful systems are the presence of trust and results. And I love that he said you can't have one without the other, right? They may trust you, but if you don't get results, it doesn't matter. Or you may get killer results, and if they don't trust you, they're not going to stay for long. And so that's why I love that he pointed out a couple of systems for each of these, uh, these motions. And you should be asking yourself right now, have I really created a system that gets trust and results in my team? And does it do it in the word Tim says in exceptional ways for trust? Just to remind you, we must demonstrate elite levels of character, competence, and connection. 
On the results side, we need elite levels of clarity, accountability, and support. So what I love about this is Tim doesn't talk about being good. He talks about being elite. Uh, and each of us should be seeking that elite status as a leader because that's when we'll get the elite results and, and become the legendary leader that we need to become. Okay. And to do it, you got to have systems. I said it once. I'm going to say it again. I'm sorry if it's a broken record. I just think it's this important. Most sales orgs don't have systems for leaders. And those that do have iconic results, right? I've worked with some of them. Tim's worked with some of them. Um, I, I loved Tim's conversation around leadership being a journey. He calls it a deep inner journey and cautions us that we should not dabble and cannot dabble. So don't get disappointed if you're not there right now because very few are. Tim is very, very clear. This is about progress, not perfection. So instead, just be intentional and get a little better every day. Like for instance, start with E plus R equals O and BCD. That's a great place to start because I can tell you I've implemented those in my conversations with my coaching clients and it has been an almost an immediate difference maker. Uh, events are what they are. They shouldn't be the difference maker. Great leaders learn that they can orient to the O, the outcome, like it's the North Star. Like whether they're one of those sailing ship navigators back in the old days that could sail around the world by orienting to the star that, that they knew would get them where they needed to go. And so you need to be that kind of leader. Orient to the outcome you want. And if you can know what outcome you're chasing, that will help you help your reps chase the R's that will make a difference. And when Tim says E plus R equals O is a difference maker in every part of your life, he's right. I can tell you because it's helped me. I've watched it have a, pers a positive impact in my personal and my professional life. I've also seen it help almost immediately with the sales leaders I've introduced it to as part of my coaching. Now, if there's one thing that you can get from this conversation, I hope it's this. Your power lies in your ability to choose the R. Events are what they are. They can be positive. They can be negative. They can be neutral. I found that external influences rarely are the difference maker. The difference maker is always on the inside. So don't ever choose the default reaction. Choose the disciplined one. I loved how he said discipline is stronger and more impactful than default. We can choose rather than just react to impulses. So I want to wrap this up with something that Tim said that I loved. You are competing on how you respond to events and situations. I'm going to say it again. You are competing in the marketplace on how you respond to events and situations because your competitors are up against the same things you are. So that's really how you respond is what you're competing on. So you had better take charge as a leader and never let BCD take root in your team. Blame, complaining, and denial are things that will make it so you never can outgrow your talent. And that's our mission is to choose to outgrow the talent that we are blessed with and never let that be a, a ceiling. Now, the reason this is so important is because rather than changing an R, people that have BCD sit there blaming the E when all we've got to do is just pick a better R. I love the simplicity of that. Pick a better R. It's okay that we picked the wrong one. Let's pick a better one this time. So this is a simple framework that you can implement today, this week. Do it. And then hit me up. I'm dying to hear how it goes, okay? Tim, my man, thank you for joining us. This is for sure one of the most impactful conversations I've ever had. Our listeners listen to the show because they want to be legendary. They want to be elite. So to our listeners, I challenge each of you to embrace the hard things like Tim said. Embrace productive discomfort. Coach your teams to learn how to choose the best R's. You just had an amazing opportunity to listen to one of the best leadership coaches in the world. I hope you appreciated this as much as I did and that you choose to make changes to your leadership game as a result. Tim, you are fantastic. Thank you so much on behalf of my listeners worldwide. Now, to each of you, our listeners, thank you. I, as always, I appreciate your support of the show more than you know. You really don't know how much I appreciate it. I'm so appreciative to you for those five-star reviews. Keep them coming if you think we deserve it. Mention us on LinkedIn uh, and, and tell your colleagues to check out the show. Your support is why the show is growing so ridiculously fast. And, you know, if you're thinking about hitting me up to talk about the one-on-ones or your leadership system, stop thinking about it. Call me. It's a no-strings offer. I, I truly want to help as many people in the world as I can. So this week, here's to creating elite systems as a sales leader. Here's to permanently eradicating BCD, building trust and results, and never, ever letting the, the events distract you from the best response. This week, make it a week where you progress in your world of leadership systems. 
Help those around you choose discipline over default and watch just how fast you improve the impact you create as a leader. So as always, thanks to each of you for listening and sharing our show with those you work with. And don't worry, just execute because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.